0: If uh, this was youth group, then I would say, Hey, the vision of the church of Living of Family Church, these are three core things that we as a church sort of are focusing on, right? If you're in youth group I would say, Oh, what are those three things? and I would give you a Dunkin' Donuts gift card of five dollars and you would like try and get it. But I don't have a Dunkin' Donuts gift card and we're not in youth group, so I'm not gonna try it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. And after the fact if you you know, want to get involved, there's coffee outside and pastries, and Angela will give it to you anyhow. But one of the things <laughs> is uh, it's worship, right? So one of those core things is worship. We want to focus on worship. We really want to uh, dig deeper into what God wants for us as a church and, and where to go. And this year at camp, at youth camp in uh, on Cape Cod, we've seen a little bit of that. And, you know, we got really excited of what is to come and what can be. So that's the one piece. The other piece is discipleship. Uh, You know, really, uh, a lot of kids got saved last year on camp, and this year's again, and we more and more realize we're burdened with the fact that these kids need to get discipled. And so for the church as well, people, new believers, and just getting deeper into what God has for us as a church, right? Those are all pieces of it. And the other one? Missions! Ah, was it you, Tara? Right. Okay. Missions, right? So that's kind of where I'm going to just uh, camp out this morning on, on talking about that a little bit with you. And I'd like to start that. Our church, this church, this tiny little church, Living of Family Church, are so passionate about missions. And I know that the Jamesons right here in front. They went to South Africa for uh, almost two years. They went out there and they did the crazy thing and gonna go serve Jesus in Africa for a season. And they did that with the entire family. And they, you know, that's just one thing that this church is about celebrating. That, but they came back. And then I remember uh, they went to Cuba. Tara, you went to Cuba a little bit to go and do missions, and then. Just before Youth Camp Beyond the Cape in May, they also went to Cuba again, and I know I spoke briefly with them. They had an amazing encounter, and it's just all that things that's happening there in this church, missions, missions, missions. Hopefully, we can hear a little more about what happened in Cuba. But also, I know Tian, who uh, went to Puerto Rico as a young girl in youth group one summer, and then again this year, she went to Brazil, just going out and sharing the gospel, being passionate about missions, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's the Priscos who went also, hey, we're going to Africa for two years, gone out and did the same thing with their beautiful girls, and for two years just went out there and did crazy stuff for Jesus, right? Once again, mission, something that the church is really passionate about, right? And then also, I know, Tori, you went to Egypt for a little bit, and then you went to, not a little bit, for a while, and then you went to Belize and, and all that, and out to Cape Town, and missions again, you know, just going out, sharing the gospel. Where's Krista, Caitlin, and Clara, who... For a couple of summers, went out to uh, uh, Belize as well, just gonna do do that, missions, 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 all from this church, right? There's a couple more. I know, Mark, you've been all over the place, and I, I clearly. The Browns at the back, gone out to, what's the place called again? I call that? Lepal. Yeah, Nepal, Going there. Nepal. Crazy. It's far out. Doing missions, 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 all from this tiny little church. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Right? Doing crazy things for Jesus. That's a clap yeah, I agree that 's a clap. And then of course, on top of it, us as a family came from Cape Town, South Africa, coming here as missionaries, right? And once again, this church says, "Yeah, this is what we want to do. It's almost about 10 years for us being here, once again buying into it being missionaries on Cape Cod. But once again, this tiny little church says, we endorse that, right? We want to do that. So we 're really putting our money where our mouth is in many ways, And then also now this youthful Christ, as you know. Uh, Um, trying to get to a chapter status and all that, this church once again supports it hugely, so it's all there. However, many of us can sit here and say, but Emilio, we're not all into going to Africa for two years and going to Nepal and going to do crazy things and going off to Belize and all this, but we're just here, you know, and, and what can we do? But I want to encourage you, all believers, we have a calling. All of us have a calling, right? Not just everyone's calling to full-time ministry and that type of thing and thinking that, hey, because we're not going away, we don't have a mission, right? We have a mission right here. You have jobs, you have schools, wherever you are, those are all mission fields. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17, and 8, 17 to 18, a very well-known scripture to all of us in many ways. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone in Christ here? right? Anyone in Christ, he's a new creation, amen? The old has passed away, behold the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself and gave us what? A ministry of reconciliation, right? So when we were separated from God, right because of sin and all that he come and we accepted jesus and we got reconciled with the father but he didn't just didn't just leave it there he gave us a ministry of reconciliation to go out and reconcile the lost with the father through wherever we are at our jobs when we buy ice cream when we go and buy golf shoes or i don't know whatever we do we have a ministry of reconciliation so it's clear that everyone and this is the thing every calling is holy because it originates with god amen Paul says, Ephesians, listen to this, 2, verse 8 to 10, he says this, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. So it is a gift of God, not of works, not because how pretty you are, not how amazing you sing, not how wealthy you are, and what status or educated you are, by grace, through faith, and not works. So no, lest anyone can boast, right? In the second part, verse 18 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the works were prepared already. So when we get into Christ, there's a lot of work that we need to do, good works that we need to do so we can share the gospel once again wherever you are. doesn't have to be in all these places going far away and making these big moves. Amen? Other Bible versions would say that uh, we'd say workmanship. Others would say masterpiece. Others would say handiwork. But I like workmanship because it kind of just puts the focus on the creator rather than the creation. So it's a little just one choice that you can go. But ultimately, we are the result of God's creative, redemptive, and sanctifying work. And we belong to him. And let's share the gospel because of that. Amen. So as a church, as a whole, we are all God's workmanship as as a unit, as a church. We can say, hey, this is who we are we God's workmanship, and is given, Richard, you just spoke about it in the communion, about prophecy and about different gifts and all that, but He has given us gifts in this church. He's given Scripture, His Holy Scripture, He's given His Holy Spirit, and He's given us that enables us to carry out the work and the mission in this community and wherever He sends us. Amen? Amen. It's right there. Reconciling to the Father, Ministry of Reconciliation. Let's be missionaries, right? It's right there we were saved to do good works that god has prepared already it's all there we just have to say yes jesus and do it but we rec- i recognize and we know this that every person your calling might be unique amen some of us like ben just said here yeah, pastor Vig, he can't sing he's not into that so <laughs> probably not going to be in a worship ministry at some point <laughs> uh but also the process of us getting to that place is unique as well you can't journey like the jamesons did or like Uh, Uncle Doug at the back journeyed or the Gossip is journeyed. There's a journey for you, whichever way God's going to take you to get to that place. But when we study and we look at the lives of some biblical characters, I'm going to point out two, and then I want to share a little bit about our journey as a family with you. I'm looking at the lives of whenever God gives a, a word, many in this room might still wait on God who said years ago, or three months ago, or five days ago, I don't know, this is going to happen, There's something that God said, and you're still waiting on the Lord. You don't have to answer, you don't have to raise your hands, but we know this is something. This happened with me many a times. God gave words, or prophetic words, or a dream, or whatever the case may be, and then you kind of wait on God to see what's going to happen with it, right? But I'd like to point this out. There's an announcement season when you get a word, or a calling, or a mission, or whatever it is, of prophetic, Then there's this middle season, which is kind of a preparation season, whatever you want to call it. And then there's a season where God actually fulfills it, right? We get in trouble in the middle season a lot. (laughs) Because a lot happens there. I'm testifying here, telling you. A lot happens there. I preach this sermon because I'm living it. I live through it. A lot happens. But I want to point this out. When we receive the calling, the word, the prophecy, the dream, you fill in the blank, Sometimes it's a specific word and sometimes it's very vague. This is this general thing. Look at David. He received a prophecy from Samuel that he would be what? The next king of Israel. Very specific. You'll be the king. A very specific word about his calling. And David was called to be the king of Israel when he was just a shepherd boy, right? So the prophet Samuel anointed him and said, You will be king one day. And that's it. So I think for David, it was, Oh, I'll be king. Very clear, very specific. This is what my calling is. I still have a middle season, but that's what I'm going to do. Joseph, God gave Joseph dreams that related to his calling, but the specifics were not given at the time, right? It's open-ended. His dreams revealed that he would be placed in a position of authority so that he even have his parents and siblings bow down before him. So maybe he's going to be an officer of the law. I don't know. Whatever. It's very open-ended. And I find sometimes it's I think it's difficult for both, but if you don't really know what God meant by a word that he just gave, and it's just general, I think it's really hard in that middle season to stay focused. I don't know. It's tough for me. But the middle season, I believe, when we receive the calling, the natural thing we want to do is jump straight into it because you're all amped. God said this is what's going to be, and you start seeing things everywhere, and you start wanting to do and want to change the world right now and do all this stuff. Am I speaking to myself? Or, <laughs> right? So we're filled with passion as the call is fresh in our spirit, and but little do we realize, oh, man, oh, gosh, we are so unprepared. God was just saying this is what's going to happen, but wait. We need to get you prepared for this thing. Thankfully, in my life, I had a lot of people that I trusted, that could talk into my life and talk and counsel me through these processes. And I hope it's the same for you. Maybe you're still waiting on God You're in middle season. Get people to talk you out of it before you do it, and you're not sure about it. Pray with you. The more time passed for me, I could see the wisdom of God in holding off on the fulfillment of those things that I thought it was time already. You need to wait and let the Lord prepare for you. Amen? Yeah. You know why? Because if God prepared the call or the mission, or he gave you the word, he must still prepare you for it. So he gave it, but he must prepare you for it. So you need to be patient, get into the word, get the right people. In my life, I just it just happened because I got radically saved. I have a couple of very specific people praying for me for almost three decades, consistently. Some of them were part of this mission in Cape Town right now. And I'm telling you, it's the old ladies that look at me like that, under the glasses, there's no button at the top; there's a little pin, and they walk around in slippers all day because they've had nothing else to do but pray. And when you are in need of some serious stuff on the mission field, you say, "Prayer team A, hey, activate," and they go. I'm telling you, those aunts go into a week of fasting, and they get serious about the business. And then we could see just how God is breaking out things and strongholds in the world. I, I, they don't mess around, man. Um, we had to, when we landed in Cape Town, funny story, we were told if you don't come say hi, we didn't have a lot of time. We didn't even see our families properly. That one aunt said, if I don't see you guys, I mean, you don't mess with her. We had to make sure we go say hi. And she cooked us a meal. We sat around the table. She prayed with us. It just like it was nice. It was in love. But it's just like, hey, make sure you come say hi to me because last time you didn't. But that's the type of relationship we have. It's like we don't want her to start praying for other things. She said, Lord, we need blessings, right? So yeah, we went out and, and we greeted her. But yeah, in that time, you really really need a lot of people to pray with you, keep you accountable. Makes sense, because you're just in that space of thinking you're going to just do it all, but you can't. You need help, right? I see that in the lives of Joseph, in preparation, he was sold into slavery, put into prison. Before anything happened that God promised him, same with David. Spent years fighting in Israel's battles, running around from King Saul, who attempted to kill him several times. But until one point, God said, now's the time. During this time of preparation, church, for that calling, that word, and thing that you're waiting for, that mission, there's pruning. And pruning is a painful process of purification and preparation. And I always felt that it was punishment for things that I should do or didn't do or whatever. But it's not punishment, it's preparation. So we shouldn't confuse if you walk in the will of the Lord and stay in His word and surround you with godly people that can go deep with you at the right time. Know that God's preparing you and it might feel a certain way because a season of pruning actually indicates that the capacity for greater fruitfulness that's coming because that's what happens in the natural if you prune trees. Right? There's testing. Oof, man, this is tough for me. And there's time when you wanted to say it in that time of preparation. The Lord said, bite your tongue. Nope. Lord, can I? Nope. Call A team, pray A team A. You're not doing it, say, Holy Spirit, activate, whatever. Bite your tongue, it's hard, because part of pruning is testing. Amen? Because your character gets tested, impurities in your motives are brought to the surface, and we are tested to see if we will be fruitful with little things. Amen? And one thing that I've noticed, um, there are natural things that I'm gifted in that God won't always use in a time of preparation because when you are struggling to get prepared for where God wants to take you, you tend to want to go back to what you know well, you know, and God says, like, ah, shelve that for now, this is a season of new things, you're learning new things, I'm preparing for other things, all right, and you're just waiting on the Lord, and I look at David, in his season of preparation, look at this, it feels like your influence is limited, but you're like, man, I'm I can do stuff. I know stuff. Yeah, but we don't need that right now. What we need you to do is learn, because we need to get you ready for the next thing, right? So David was called to be king, as we know, and uh, to be the most influential person in Israel. That's what the prophet told him, king. But after he was launched and anointed, a difficult season came for him. King Saul became obsessed with trying to kill David. And so was he often on the run at some point in a cave, 400 men came around him, right? And he became the leader. And he had a little bit of influence as a leader because now he was going to be the king of Israel, one of the most influential people. But right now, God is giving you a little bit of a glimpse of what can be as you are in that preparation season. God will allow you to do little things so that you can get ready for what's coming, right? It won't be the thing, but little bit. So, It's almost a sense like your gifts can be a little restricted because God's preparing you for bigger things. Don't depend on your ability, but depend on God because he wants to make you fully dependent on him. Amen. I think one of the reasons for this dynamic of God holding back in that season of preparation, God's often doing more in you than through you. Get that? Because we cannot control those changes in those seasons, and we cannot make the season of preparation end By our own will or desire, we really have to work closely with God. As hard as as that is, there's gonna come a time where God's gonna say, Now I wanna transition you out and fulfill things.